Thessalonians. That's my favorite church in the book of Acts. They didn't start out noble, but they ended up being more nobler than all the rest of them. To redeem time, I'm going to just go right to the uh, verse that will help you. Verse 5. In fact, verse 4 says, You go through a time of persecution and tribulation that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Seeing is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. That's proof you're not going through the tribulation. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. In flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God. And that obey not the gospel for Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe. Because our testimony among you was believed in that day. But say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say coming vengeance. See it again. Coming vengeance. Lord Jesus, my God and my King and Savior, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done now in earth as it's always done in heaven. And grant us the anointing and the inspiration, Lord Jesus, and illumination in the service. I pray thee in the name of Jesus. There's no other name like this name. Blessed be the Lord. You may be seated. They tell me if you go hunting and you shoot a bear, make sure you kill him. Make sure you kill him. Because if you ever graze him or hurt him, he will be hunting you. You better make sure you hit him real good, right between the eye, right in the heart. Because if you ever just graze him, he will be hunting you. Because he's a wounded animal. Revelation talk about a wounded lamb. A lamb that was pierced, crucified in the center of the earth. And the Bible said the kings of the earth began to hide from him. And they said to the rocks, fall on us, hide us. Someone said the rock spoke up and said, we need a hiding place too. We have no place to go. They said because of the anger of the lamb. The lamb is angry. Now, you know a lamb is always docile and easily entreated, almost like a lamb to the slaughter. But this time, this lamb decided to become a lion and begin to ferociously go after the kings of the earth. Now, people don't realize or don't want to acknowledge the imminency of the coming of Jesus Christ. Churches don't talk about it. Christians don't even mention it. The world scoff at the idea. But we just read a while ago 
that there is a cry from the portal of earth to the master that he should come and deliver them from their oppressors and their persecutors and the Lord tell them to rest a while he is not slack concerning the fact he must respond but that he will respond in due season he is coming back to earth and the Bible talk about it in 24th chapter of Matthew as the great tribulation as a time on earth that the world have never seen before now God could say I'm coming to fight a particular sin he could have said that he could have named all the sin that they are in the world there are many sins and vices and, and moral breakdown etc and atrocities he could have named them but he did not but he named two primary reasons why he's coming he said he's coming to take vengeance on mankind that know not God number one he said he's coming to vengeance to those who obey not the gospel so there are two reasons why Christ is coming he's not coming to rescue a church in problems it's not a rescue mission it's a revenge mission a lamb that was wounded is coming back and is told us why he's coming it will be different the next time when he comes I'm going to take he said vengeance and those who know not God now if you go around to all the nations of the world there are some sorts of gods of, of sorts even if they say that I have no God that's still their God their God is no God and it goes on and this goes on but let's not go where they are let's talk about the evidence that God give because it came to my mind this morning God is not going to save nations nations on earth are not going to be saved collectively as a nation and the only one he had in mind was Israel was the nation of Israel and the loss of the nations that forget God shall be turned into hell and he's not talking about the grave because if it's the grave then it means all Christians are in hell and they're not in hell absent from the body we are present with the Lord and the Lord says I'm from above and you're from beneath so obviously above means heaven that's his throne so absent from the body in death is to be present with the Lord when the spirit and the soul separate the spirit goes back to God who gave it and God said that they're mine they're my jewels so we're talking about the grave now nations are not going to be saved but here's what the problem is going to be the world does not want to acknowledge the existence of God they do not want to accept or acknowledge amen confess the works of God and every effort is made in school place of learning even in religions to dismiss the credibility of God now if you're looking for God where would you go to find God in a tavern in a cemetery at Harvard at House of Parliament the White House where would you go to look for God which book would you read to find out truth 
and facts about God. Anthropologists gone down to different places, dig up fossils to find out about the antiquity of man. But why don't they search for the antiquity of God, who is the ancient of days? They have not spent that exploratory funding to do that. But they try to find out where our ancestral came from, and they try to trace that to the 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 Kremunda man, or the natural man, or the ape man, and so on and so forth. And that doesn't bring us any answer. But what about the testimony of creation that the world has rejected, which is evidentially before us all? A writer said, The heavens declare the glory of God. Just looking up in the cosmic, you can see a declaration there that demand a creator. Now I'm in this building. This building didn't just suddenly evolve. Didn't just hatch. It demand an architect. It demand a builder. Nobody in their right mind could say this building just suddenly appeared. There was. Bang it was. It called for a designer. Amen. An intelligent designer. Somebody who could put this together. And so they look at natural revelation. Natural revelation is seen in the creation of things. It demands a creator. It's the testimony of a creation that says there has to be a creator. So if there's a creator and you accept that fact, then you have to realize that must be God. Because He was before all things and then came from things. It's not pantheistic. It's God who said He is and always was and should always be. Then they dismiss the evidence. Nation does and people does. Dismiss the enemy. I mean the testimony of divine order. You know I can get a bunch of pennies and throw them in the air and it won't become a BMW my friend. I can throw a handful of sand and it won't sound to become Las Vegas. It just won't become. We see divine order. The sun rise every morning from the same direction and go down the same way at the end. The moon and the stars, they work in synchrony, in harmony. No collision. So we see uh, a testimony of divine order that said there must be a standard somewhere. There must be a standard by which order can be compared to. Hallelujah. Amen. And God says, I am holy. Amen. In whom there is no shadow of turning. Our God is immutable, unchanging. Amen. He doesn't have to satisfy the law of thermodynamics. He's dynamic himself. And so we see divine order. And then we see divine intelligence. Because order don't just come just like that. War bring disorder. Amen. And I can tell you right now, I can get a bunch of marbles and throw it right here, and they won't become pearls. And they sure will I put a nice little organization for me to follow. Your car is well designed. Your car is well organized. All the moving parts have their play and parts to play. We see divine order, we see human order right there, much more our world. 
Look at your own anatomy, your body. Divine order. Nothing out of place. When the doctor opens you up, everything is neat little packages. Packet. Amen. Together, your eyeball, your nose, your ears, they're all in right proportion. It shows a divine intelligence that put this thing together. So there is a testimony that demands, amen, a divine order giver. The law and the testimony came from Him. Then there's a testimony of conscience. Every one of us, when you're violated, you sue. Don't you? You sue. Because your rights are being violated. Your space of being compromised. Or your landmark of being removed. Why does your conscience make you have a hard time sleeping? Why do you apologize? Why do you feel bad about what you just done? Or what you should have done? Or what you have said? Why? The law of conscience demands that there be a lawgiver. That lawgiver is what defines right from wrong. And when you put all these testimonies together, you've got to understand there has to be a creator. There has to be a divine lawgiver. There must be a standard by which every behavior is measured against. And ladies and gentlemen, that moral stop, that moral standard bring on you a moral obligation that's right or wrong. Punishment or reward. And so when I look, I see natural revelation. I see natural and an objective revelation. I see moral revelation and tell me there's got to be a God. And yet the fool said, there is no God. And then I asked the fool, how did you come into this place? He can't tell you. He doesn't know how he got here. It's called willful ignorance. That's why God's come to take revenge. Because men by willful ignorance, when they knew him as God, they glorified him not as God even though they have seen His eternal power and eternal Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We're talking about nations and people who are willfully ignorant of the existence of God. I read in the book of Jeremiah, go there, chapter 9. Now, another place you could go to to find God, if you're really looking for God, is in the Bible, and He said it's His. Chapter 9 of the book of, 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 of uh, Jeremiah said, go there please, verse 23. Let not the wise men glory in his wisdom, neither the mighty man in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glory glory in this thing, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That's God talking here. That I am the Lord, I mean Jehovah, amen, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth, for these things I delight, said the Lord. Next verse says, I'm going to take vengeance on people who don't know me. Because he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. But ignorance will not be an excuse for God not to judge you and my family and the world nations. Why? Because when they knew Him as God, they did not want to glorify Him. Look at verse 10, chapter 10. It says right here that, But the Lord is the true God 
He is the living God. He's not an icon. He's not a statue. He's not the figment of man's imagination. Hello, you didn't create God in your own mind. He said, He's the living God, the everlasting God, the unaging God, the one true God, Amen. and all nations shall bow and worship Him. Hello. So consequently, when a man or a woman will not acknowledge the existence of God, nor will they also submit to their obligation to God, how can they ever obey the gospel? Because the gospel can only be found through one person, God. 1 John 5, 20, 21. And we know the Son of God has come to give you and me an understanding that we might know Him that is true. You have no reason not to know the one true God. You may worship dual God, Trinitarian God, dual God, polytheistic God, or atheistic God, or whatever you want to call it, but there's one true God. And you can know Him. There's nothing about God that you can't understand. God says, for it's clearly seen. His eternal power is around us. His eternal Godhead is seen around us. He's got the whole world on His shoulder. And you've seen it, and you must not give the credit to evolution or pantheism or secularism. You must come back to God, deism, which means God is the Lord. Hello? And we have the testimony of divine order. Testimony of creation. Testimony of conscience. And you just say, I don't know God. I can't know Him. You can know Him. Well, the question is, will you acknowledge Him? The problem is not knowing Him. The problem is confessing Him. Will you confess? Because you see, people, if they do acknowledge His existence, then there's an obligation. Hello? And if there's an obligation, then there's an accountability. And accountability means there's coming a day God's going to judge you for the deeds done in your body. Now, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, when they knew God, they glorified that as God. And so God has given them some, not all, some people to darkness. And so they, darkness don't like light, and they avoid God. If there's light, men love darkness more than light. And so they close their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and understand. They stop their ears, lest they hear, and their heart be touched. And they close down their system, so they cannot be converted, and they say, there is no God. There is no God. Well, that's not true. God said they dishonor their own body in giving credit to beast, the lower life form, and set, and destroy himself, which many ways I want to mention this morning, but men today has dishonor their body. Just look around, look what they're doing. Look at their faces. Look at their, uh, their hands. Look at their beautiful skin God gave them. Look how they tamper with it. They don't improve on it. They disgraced it. They, 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 they mauled it. They, they dishonor it. And something the doves don't do. Something the bears don't do. The animal kingdom don't do. The fishes don't do. But man destroy the beautiful image that God gave him. And he case you believe there's no God, look in the mirror. You're seeing the image of God. Not the image of a monkey or a chimpanzee. 
And so when he come the second time, he said, I'm going to let the world know that this is my earth. And my breath is in you. People are now on a strong delusion, believing a lie. What's a strong delusion? There is no God. Now, they also tamper with the Bible. Because if we, if we read the Bible and say it's objectively correct, then we've got to say we have an obligation to do what it says. And so they say, we can't understand it. Or the language is archaic. Or it's man-made. As if everything on earth is not man-made. I've got nothing on here is angel-made. Hello? The bread you eat came from a man. Do you, do you reject it on that basis? The college you go to the university is a man talking to you. Do you reject him also because he's a man? What do you want? Extraterrestrial person? <laughs> Hello? Or some celestial being? No, God chose the fools of preaching to save them that believe. God chose our man, so you can't say, I don't know, I don't know what, what it's all about. God chose what you are to speak to you. Amen. He could send an angel, and you couldn't deal with it. And so he sent you flesh and blood. And so God was manifested in the flesh. They saw that. He was in the world, preached unto the world, believed not in the world. And church, that was not done in Canada or USA. It was done in the center of the earth in Jerusalem. This was not done in the corner. But they professed to become wise and become fools. And God said, look, well, look what's happened to them. And Jesus made these parables about people who don't believe in God and won't submit to God. He said, like the fool's builders. A fool's builder is somebody who hears the sayings of Jesus Christ or read the sayings of Jesus Christ or see the objective revelation of Jesus Christ and dismissed it and rejected and built another sand-like foundation. He said, when the storm comes, the collapse of your world will be catastrophic. He said, when your world comes tumbling down, honey, it will be a devastation. Why? Because your, your world is not built on the solid rock. It's built on a shifting philosophical teaching of man. Most books today, their lifespan on in the bookshelf is two days. They're gone. But the Bible endureth forever for all generation so that no generation will be excused to say we have no access to God or information to God I don't care how many amen, proliferation of Bibles they are God will preserve one just for you so you can have access to it you cannot say God I'm sorry I didn't have any access to the knowledge of God God said no God said God did visit the earth Amen. God paid the Gentiles a visit and came in the body of Jesus Christ and He was in the world and the world was made by Him and left some apostles to preach to us who saw Him, slept with Him, walked with Him, ate with Him and testified to us that He is the light and He's the light that out of every man that come in the world and we can know Him and we can understand Him. Some people hide behind the doctrine of the Trinity and say it can't be understood. It's not true. We understand that Godhead is Jesus Christ in Him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and there's no other God beside Him. So we're inexcusable. God said we're not the fullest entrepreneur. Amen. A rich man, like so many today, build, make profit, 
And one day, walked in their house and said, Look, I want to need a bigger barn. I got a bumper crop. I got a great return on my investment. Not thinking about God. Not putting God in his retirement program. He said, I'll set an Epicurus. Let's retire. And eat, drink, and be merry. Amen. And God said, You're a fool. Because tonight, your soul will be required of you. You're not the boss of your future. You are just a tenant on earth. And your life is in my hand. God says, you're a fool. And everything you work for will be taken from you and given to a sluggard who's a lazy bum, who doesn't work at all. And all the effort you put was in vain because you left God out of your life. You left God out of the picture. You put your work and your success above God and you act like a fool. God said, this is a foolish entrepreneur like a foolish builder. Because I said, there is no God. Sunday one man told me, he said, look, that's when I mow my lawn. <laughs> I thought, today's not mowing his lawn, got cancer. He will be fed by worms in days to come. And still to face the God he denied. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. Hallelujah. That Jesus Christ is Lord and Master over all. Some people are not the foolish, amen, believers who said in their heart, I believe in science. I believe in technology. Look what we can do. Da, 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 da. Where is God? My God's in my back pocket, my dollar bill. And God said, just a minute. Only a fool said, there is no God. Because a fool is somebody, hey man, who will step over a warning sign and still get hurt. Hello? He's a fool. Hello? Hallelujah. You know, we may have like rats, you know. You put a sign up. It's a trap for the rat. You walk past it and go to the cheating and go, bang, and caught. Because the rat can't read. The rat is a dummy. Hello? You can't see that the trap set for him. And he got those fools, virgins, you know. I've got my own religion. I've got my own belief system. Who's to say you're right and I'm wrong? Every man have their preferred belief. No, my friend. There's only one Lord. One faith. One baptism. One God. Who's above all. In a soul. In one gate. One door. One way. And Jesus said, I am the way. And I am the door. And no man. Hey, you hear that? No man. That means you and me. No man can come except by me. So you're ignoring something very vital. He said, I'm going to come take vengeance. They don't know God. And so the foolish virgins, you know, let's ignore the fact we need oil. We need that preparation for His coming. They were very nonchalant about it. And they were haphazard about it. And when He showed up, they couldn't go. You'd be surprised how many people want to go to heaven when they die. But all roads don't lead to heaven. Hello? There's somebody in the gate standing there and said, I see no record of your birth. 
Have you been born again? Have you kept the commandments? And see, that only come from the gospel. The gospel is good news. The gospel said, in the past, you couldn't approach God. But now God is visiting you. You used to hide from God. And God used to hide from you. But now God is showing up to you. But we're hiding from God. And the Bible says, if the gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. You know, it's crazy how some people move their houses where the boondock. There is no church there. There is no fire brigade there. <laughs> There's no doctor there. There's no shopping mall there. But they live way in the woods like a, like a wolf. Then calamity strikes. And they're a long way from help. A long way from mercy. A long way from grace. And that's how people are living today. They're living so far away from the grace of God that when they're going to cry, 911, God says, not what you needed was Acts 2.38 you needed. You don't need paramedics. You don't need the ministry. Hallelujah. You don't need a doctor. You don't need Jesus Christ, your Creator. Except you believe I am He, you will die in your sins. Now the Bible says here, some people are like this. The Gospel is preached. We witnessed entire people before and watch it happen. We try to tell them about salvation, damnation to come. And the fact was a paradise to gain, the hell to some. And I watched the devil come because they don't understand. He come and steal the word out of their heart. It was as if you had never spoken to them. He stole the word. And so they never find God. I've seen those that were choked by the cares of this life. They put their job, they put their kids... They put their family before their own soul. And that's the only thing they own is their soul. They don't even own their family, not even their kids. only thing you own is your soul. And they make no provision for their soul. And the Bible says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. But I'm glad it's not the way for everybody, because there is a gospel that said, Though he were dead, yet shall he live. God can bring out. But... The careless life choked them out. I notice in society, it's designed to keep you so busy that you can't go to church. Hello? Your social order is so designed, you don't have time for your Bible. The world is so designed that you don't have no time for God. Hello? If you ever think about God, or include God in your life, it's an afterthought. God is not on the Monday morning agenda. Hello? You wake up 4 o'clock in the morning to go to work, but you won't wake up 6 o'clock in the morning to pray. Because it's a problem. Hello? You run to a, a work festival, but you crawl to a church meeting. Hello? You're choked. You're deceived. You are damned. By the devil. He got you all hooked up with the wrong stuff. And you have not thought to yourself that after you've done all this, who shall it be when God says, This night 
Your soul is required of thee. If your name is not in the Lamb's book of life, I don't care if you make it in the Guinness book of record. I don't care if you're on the, in the punching card at your workplace, honey. When God calls for you, honey, either man on the punch card you got, what's going to really matter is, is your name found, written. I want to tell you, my friend, the gospel teaches how to set the priority right. It's good news. It's good news that you can be born again. The devil used Christ, crises to keep people in trouble. I'm different, but I said we will be inexcusable. We have to know God, and you have to obey the gospel. I've opened my mind in 1972. I'm going to know this God. I mean, I put in my mind, I'm going to obey the gospel. I don't care what the cost is. Jesus told me it's better to go to heaven missing an eye than have both eyes and go to hell. He told me it's better to lose all my family and have him than keep my wife, my husband, my not my husband, my kids. <laughs> I'm going to be another guy. Let me back up here and change that record. I'm going to. Uh, what? Kids? Uh, right? Hello? Our houses are land. It's in the gay church. The joy church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But God said, What would it profit you if you gave the whole world and you lost your soul? I see God left behind SUVs, bank accounts, promotions, friends, children, spouses, houses. What makes you think you're indifferent? All that really matters is of obeying the everlasting gospel. But Satan has blinded your mind. How does he do that? He blinds the mind that you don't see your need. He makes us focus on our greed and not on our need. Jesus said, One thing thou lackest, and that you need the most, if you're going to have eternal life. This is not a time to close your eyes to the truth. This is not a time to stop your ears. This is not a time to be callous in your heart. This is not a time to block things out. It's time to open up. And I will come in, God said, and I will sup with you. If any man is in Christ, he's overcome Satan. He's overcome being blinded. Hallelujah. I found the truth. I found the meaning for life. I found God. Come see a man. Is not this the Christ? Brother Kilgore just passed away. You guys don't know him. If there's ever a man of God, that sure was. I've had the rare opportunity to, to serve with him on executive board. That man said my father was some of the religion. And one day God cornered him. Because the grace of God does appear to all 
of us. You may not receive it. You may not obey it. You may not live what you know. And you may chose a life of addiction and drugs and immorality. But God knows He did visit you before. He knew one day He gave you the olive branch. And you had a choice to choose. You've gone the road that you chose. You're living the way you want to. You're not a victim. You chose the road you're living. You chose the lifestyle you have. That's your choice. You can't blame your kids. You can't blame the bottle. You can't blame cocaine and crack and all that nonsense. No, my friend, you you chose to go that route. That's the route you chose. But God said, my grace was right there too. I was right there also. And you ignored me. You resisted me. You blocked me out. You dismissed me. You rejected me. You chose the way you wanted to. Of easy access. The broad way, the wide gate. But said, God, show him the mighty God in Christ. He said, man, from that day, he dropped all the philosophy he had and embraced the truth. Now that he embraced it, he gave it to his son. And his son embraced it. His son has been a world traveler, a mighty man. Died, left for God's people. A building worth $16 million. Gave $6 million to missions. Built many Bible schools in Philippines, in Africa, in, 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 in countries that needed those things. Had 126 preachers that he turned out of his ministry. I'm talking about when the gospel comes. Like Apostle Paul, you say, count all things dung for Christ. You can't tell me what you have is worth hanging on to. Because tonight God could say your soul is required. And my friend, nothing going to matter except what you did for Jesus Christ. That day, my friend, you're going to hate yourself. I said, I wasted my life. I wasted my time. You know, the worst thing about life for everybody is, it's not what you did in life that's going to bother you. It's what you could have done with your life and your death. Let's worship God. What you could have done. The Godhead that you have clearly seen. Hallelujah. God revealed to you how to repent. I taught you how. I showed you how. I gave you space. I gave you grace. I gave you mercy. You have not used it. You abused grace and mercy. That's the gospel. The gospel is grace and mercy and kindness and long-suffering of God waiting for you to change, waiting for you to make up your mind, to make the right move, and you don't make it. God said, all right, hey, you messed up. I need your soul tonight. Hello? Let's stand. Nature is teaching you you need God. Your conscience cried to you. You gotta be in church. You be faithful. The Bible is screaming at you. It's in the book. Your heart throbbing says, You need God. Now. Repent. Turn to God. Hallelujah. You think every morning I feel like I'm praying? No. But I realize it might be my last breath. It might be my last breath. It might be my last chance. This might be my last service. 
I made him another channel I didn't leave his door I could be dead on my arrival at home you know it could happen that quick oh the truth of the matter did I know God and have I obeyed the gospel your job and degree and all that you're doing right now is not worth a flip it's waste you're just putting in time waiting for your time to be called home wherever that is I'm asking you right now are you a God rejecter a gospel refuser God said I gave you a space that's what the gospel does space I'm trying to tell my wife what he said God justify the ungodly what does that mean I'm sure God does it come here son come here hallelujah let's say and that was a good young man great young man but let's say he was a wicked man he wasn't born a Jew under law he couldn't come close to the house of God he'd be killed on the spot that's true unless he makes some drastic change otherwise I mean real drastic that means denying a lot of people that stuff well, you couldn't come in. They kill him on the spot. That's the law of God. Holiness of God. Now, God's grace come. Jesus Christ come in a new body and say, Now, I don't care if you are uncircumcised or not. Just come. Just come. Now, they don't like it. The Jews don't like it. But God says, I justify bringing in him. He's here because I justify him. I'm saying to him, you're the same to me as they are to me. And on that basis, you can come. I'll give you permission. Now, friend, I'm visiting you. I'm not going to stay forever with you. I'm visiting you. You understand that? So use my visit wisely. Make use of this opportunity that you now have, because tomorrow you may not have it. Hello? And see this cup right here? This cup here, you're, you're, you're being timed. You don't know, but you're timed. It's called grace. Don't use it up. <clears throat> In other words, give up sin before sin gives you up. Quit on the life you're living before the life give up on you. You know, I heard this week, everybody's crying, this guy died from OD. I do counseling for people who do drugs. I can always remind them, hey guys, you're a victim. No, you chose that. You weren't born that way. No, you chose that. You can say no. The same way you say no to God, say no to drugs. Because drugs is a God. It's a God that distorts the mind. It inflames you. It's like spirits. Hello? And you know, he died. He got enough money to buy 96 packs of whatever he got. He can hide from the police, but he can't hide from himself. Hello! you got to go to bed with himself. Conscience. No matter how much you, 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 you stay from church, church is still with you. It's in your conscience. It talks to you. You should be in church. You should be worshiping God. You are not to do that. You ought not to behave that way. That's morally wrong. That 
socially rejectable. Why are you doing that? It's for Christ. That's your little preacher you got. You can't get rid of him. Now it's up to him to do something about it. Because judgment. He can lie all he wants to. But God's going to scream at him and say, I did talk to him. But he seared me. He seared me. He said, be quiet. I'm going to close it on this. Thank you, son. I know you want to do that. In my car, many cars I've had, they've had safety belts. When you first buy them, they make noise. I'm sure your cars are that too. Beep, 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 beep. They will put you up and down before you need to. Because there might be a crisis where you need it. It's not on, you're in trouble. Beep, 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 beep. It's going off. And you get tired of it. You know what you do? You circumvent it. Hello? What am I talking about? You circumvent it. You pull it over and you hold it. But it's not, it's not connected. Or you stick it in the thing as if you're in it. But you didn't outsmart it. You deceive yourself. There's an unseen coming car. Gonna smack you right in the middle. And friend, that belt would have made the difference. It's like somebody riding a horse, you know. And so, and, 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 and the rider on the horse says, I just don't like these barriers, these barriers right here. It just bothers me. And I can't, my horse just can't get to go like he wants to. But you know, that, that barrier is to keep a horse from going to the side. Hello? And keep a guy from going off beat and being thrown off. That barrier is to protect him. And God is not a judge today. He's a savior. He's a savior. Don't, the devil lied to you about God. He's a liar. Don't revise the Bible. Revise your living. <laughs> Rewrite your name. Come on. God is calling somebody here. And said, there's trouble coming. Great tribulation. Hallelujah. If you don't know God, and the gospel I'm going to be mad for you would you bow your heads right now I'm going to challenge you right now everything you're doing right now in your life good or bad is temporary only one thing going to matter when it's all over did you give your life to God and you can't give your life to God outside the gospel for the gospel leads you to Jesus Christ the gospel is what revealed God. In it, the grace of God is revealed. The grace of God is revealed by the gospel. It's good news. The good news is, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I, God, says, I'll give you rest. Will you come right now? Whatever it takes to make you break your connection, do it tonight, today. Because two things matter when it's all over. I see a sad thing in the newspaper. A little boy dying, and they said, What? Well, give me a last wish. I want to hear Elvis Presley sing a song. I want to go to Disneyland. A poor kid. A poor kid is misguided. The last thing she didn't want to see, the whole issue of blood, she saw it. She went and she said, I want to feel Jesus. And she touched him. And she was made whole. Some of you not coming. You rejected Jesus over and over. You're so used to it. 
You can't tell when you're rejecting Jesus. But this call of God is not on the corner, friend. God's calling you right now. You're so used to putting God off. You sear your conscience so much that you can live in sin and not feel embarrassed anymore. You can actually be living in sin and you know you're sinning and you don't even feel blush anymore. You lost conviction. You lost sensitivity. You lost any desire to repent. You're almost justifying sin. Almost want God to be the minister of sin. Oh, I know you talk in tongues, but it might be a false tongues too. Because the devil can do that too. Vengeance at the white throne judgment. Somebody have to answer for the death of Jesus. You're going to say, why did I die? In vain I died for you. That you should have to die. I gave my life that you wouldn't have to perish. Why are you perishing? And the conscience is going to cry. You postponed him. You reject him. You deny him. You have no place for him. Oh God. Who's God talking to this morning? Somebody here. God's trying to talk to somebody this morning. Two reasons why God's going to come. To judge the world. Nations are not going to be saved. But people in nations are going to be saved. Think about it. Oh, you came one day too late. One day to rest.